Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. They're doing this. Where are they doing this It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. I might as well have not been there. Keep on sucking till you do succeed. And Chris. The second half. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. It was a lawnmower in my brain, buddy. Yum, 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 yum. Thank God yeah. for Parker, dude. <laughs> Guys, you're welcome. My only issue with this setup is I don't want credit for Chris's recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, you can have B-Movie, but I don't want I anything don't, else. <laughs> I didn't want it when we had it. Because <laughs> he lived it. Peaches grow on a tree. <laughs> Humans get fucked by a bee. You're a fucking idiot. Yum, 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 yum. The Worst. face he always makes? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hold on. That says blue Please. snowball? Okay. Same, mine as well says blue snowball. <laughs> Two, one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, but me as always is Parker, joined by Alex, and uh, we just watched Rambo 3. Incidentally, this episode is brought to you by the gallant Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan. Uh, <laughs> Alex, thank you very much for recommending this movie. This was a treat and a half. You know how much we like oh. treats. I do love my treats, and I do love my Mujahideen. You did nothing wrong, by the I, way. I mean, how could this ever come back to bite us in the ass? Anyway. This is truly a time capsule of just when we really had other friends in the world. You know, you know we <laughs> try not to get too political on this show, so uh, we'll try to keep the political commentary to a minimum. Although, I think in some way you could call this a social thriller. So, uh, Parker, guys, ever... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super informed on foreign policy, but uh, whoever those Mujahideen were, I hope they're still our friends. Yeah, I mean, they seem like buddies. They seem really First brave. First, Mujahideen is canceled. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, is my new friend. All right, uh, Parker, do we have any news? Guys, have you heard about the script of Forrest Gump too? I really just wish you'd said no. I sure buddy. have, buddy. <laughs> As our dear friend Does Christian. this also have the Mujahideen in it? Um, well... To be determined. We'll, we'll get there. Ah, uh, yes, this is the part where Tom Hanks plays ping pong with Osama Bin Laden. Buddy, I heard about this on a podcast the day after we recorded, and I have not stopped thinking about it. It is one of the most powerful things I've ever read. Let me sit you guys down. Okay. This is the only news, so just get comfy. All right. Here we <laughs> go. What Eric Roth said was in his screenplay that he turned in for Forrest Gump 2. Let's hear it. 
So it starts with this little boy having AIDS. Yeah, uh... Just, same. <laughs> same. Oh, what? You see, people didn't want to go to class with him in Florida. It says here, we had a funny sequence where they were using buses, because, you know, segregation. So people were angry about either the busing or kids having to school with the kid who had AIDS. So there was a big conflict. So we're already hitting one important milestone in American yeah. history. Let me take you to the next one. I had Forrest in the back of O.J. Simpson's Bronco. <laughs> he would look up occasionally, but they didn't see him in the roofy mirror, and then he'd pop down. Officer, Apparently. officer, please don't shoot. I have an AIDS child in the back. <laughs> this guy with AIDS is sucking my dick. Please don't No gay shit, though. Absolutely no gay shit. Now, let me get to some real good here. All right. The big event in that, which you could see was only diminished in tragedy, I guess, because... Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I quoted him word for word, and this is a fucking nightmare. No. So every day he'd go wait for his Native American partner. Uh, she taught nursery school at a government building in Oklahoma City. Oh my oh god, no. Elizabeth Warren was in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Forrest was sitting on the bench waiting for her to have lunch, and then all of a sudden the building behind him blows up. <laughs> Also, same. <laughs> the last little bit he gives us is that he had him as a ballroom dancer who was really good. And eventually, as some sort of charity thing, he danced with Princess Diana. <laughs> come on! Now, I know what you're asking yourself. Why didn't this script come to life? This script was turned in on September 10th, 2001. <laughs> I was going to say that the last scene is him like getting onto a plane with Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Ladies so, and gentlemen, we dedicate this podcast to the brave Mujahideen who stopped us from having to see Forrest Gump 2. They didn't play a part in the movie per se, but their effect is long-reaching. So is Forrest Gump just death? He just... <laughs> Forrest Gump is the angel of death yeah. that just follows people around. He put lawnmowers in all of their brains. <laughs> is, is... You have to imagine that him and Robert Zemeckis sat down there like... Do we add a whole other act? Ah, uh, yes. Robert like, Zemeckis, who made the Cube movies. Don't even start with me today. I have had it up to here Like, is it like Mark Wahlberg saying where it's like, well, Forrest was on that fucking plane, dude. He would have taken him down. Or would Forrest have let 9-11 happen? So, uh... Are you sure there isn't, like, a first act movie where, uh... He's like, I decided to go running. I even went running further south. There's a little place down in Texas called Waco. I thought it'd be a whole lot of fun. Flight 92.5, saved by Forrest. <laughs> I thought they had nice shoes. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Sir, I don't think you're gonna be cutting any boxes on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're off to a great start <laughs> <laughs> nothing like 9-11 to get the creative juices blown. yeah that's thank you Chris, for that my friend what did you watch this week uh i i did i actually don't have much um i have uh one two three four movies one two yeah four movies for you um i watched tombstone uh, Kurt Russell movie and uh, boy is it Bill Paxton and Sam Elliott and Powers Booth 
And somehow Val Kilmer is very easily the best part of this movie, and not in oh like, my one god, of the he so is. Dude. He's <laughs> like, holy I, like, shit. Unironically, he's really, really good, and ironically, he's really good. Like that is the best performance of his career. Oh yeah, and like, it's not close. Up. I I mean, uh, well, uh, okay, Top Gun. Skip, you know how Top I feel Gun. about no, Top, Gun. Top Gun. Okay, fine. <laughs> I was I, I I held myself back there, but. Uh, Tombstone is worth watching entirely for Val Kilmer's performance and also to see how very disjointed this movie is. Uh, this movie, I think, was filled perhaps out of order or something like that, or at least put together out of order. I like it. Uh, it has an ending that you sort of don't uh, expect out of a movie like this, but I'd say this is a last Western of its kind. And I kind of say it in a good way. It's got a lot in common with like Rio Bravo and stuff like that. Um, a little bit less unforgiven, but there's still some stuff from there. But Kurt Russell, as always, gives a great performance. Val Kilmer, again, totally worth watching. So I think that's my favorite movie that I've watched uh, so far uh, for of these four movies. I also watched Hoop Dreams for the first time. Uh, are you guys familiar with Hoop Dreams? Don't say Poop Dreams. Uh, never mind. <laughs> well, I got nothing now. Yeah. Uh, Hoop Dreams, uh, Alex, I think you might Step be on my it. dick like It's that. a 1994 yeah. documentary. It's about three hours long. Uh, it's critically acclaimed and it's about two young kids in Chicago who both want to play in the NBA and uh, my best way of summarizing this is every single guidance counselor says you know if you just believe in your dreams and you just want it more than the other guy you can do anything you want that's all bullshit it takes a lot more than desire to make it in that's the NBA that's true <laughs> um, you remember when the guidance counselor on Doug tried to make them eat happy meat no. <laughs> I just put it out there, man. I have to admit, I wasn't as big into Doug as the other ones, but uh, no. Uh, Hoop Dreams is actually really Say good. It, man. So uh, it deserves all the critical acclaim it receives. That one's for the cheap seats. <laughs> Look, you didn't let him say Poop Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. You can't box him in like that. All right. Uh, I also. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this is either Poop or a cartoon I watched 25 years ago. <laughs> No I, in between. Right. I also watched the new <laughs> Sometimes Halloween. you gotta think big, dude. <laughs> Again, I also watched the new Halloween. Uh, uh, yeah, That's you assigned it to me. Uh, he basically forced me to watch it. I was gonna get around to it. God. Uh, no, you weren't. I, I don't I don't I guess I you would have come a, you would have come around to it after you watched all of the other movies from the last forty five years. <sighs> Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh Halloween's got one of the best scores of the year. Um I'd say the second best one I heard all year besides uh the Panos Cosmatos movie, Mandy. Um, I, this one's really good, and you know my favorite thing about it is this is one of the more like subtle ones from Carpenter. Like he uses like the standard theme, but at one point he almost makes it sound like tragic, and it's something that only he's able to do, and like no one else can do it. So it's obviously worth listening just for the score. Um, as far as uh, Alex, you said this is more of a real movie than the other Halloween movies, which not exactly the highest bar to clear. It's the third best Halloween movie, not and wrong. that's not faint praise, really. I, I'd say that the first Halloween movie is obviously very, very good. Uh, the third Halloween movie, you guys know how I feel about that. And uh, the third Halloween... God this damn one, right. Yeah, this one is uh, very safely in third place, above... Well, none of the other ones are any good, but uh, this one's this one's good. It's, uh, it's... I don't know if I'd call it fun... Um, the little black kid was easily the best part of the movie. Holy shit. <laughs> I fucking love that kid. <laughs> Chris, I know this was brought up the last time we talked about this. Yeah. Did you notice tall Peter Dinklage? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so was that supposed to be uh, Sam Loomis, Parker? 
I couldn't tell if that was like Sam Loomis went insane. That's like that doctor or whatever. He's just a dude. Yeah, okay, thank you. Because I, I thought they were trying to be like, oh, that's Sam Loomis or something like that. I was like, didn't he get incinerated? Oh, yeah, he came back at Halloween 5. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It, and four I, and six. Sometimes you just get incinerated and come back. Yeah. Mike, Mike, As Mike, we'll Mike. talk about several times throughout this episode with the brave <laughs> Mujahideen. I, I, we'll get into that. Here's, I think my biggest dislike of the movie is it kind of turns Michael Myers into more of a Jason Voorhees. And by that, I mean, at times he appears almost supernaturally strong. This man has been stuck inside a mental institution. He's still as strong as a professional wrestler. He stomps on a person's head. It turns into jelly. I understand you're going for the gore, but it's... I don't know. When he's he's more realistic, I think it's more. I think it's a little bit more scary. I think the first movie did a really good job of that. The only time where it appears supernatural is he gets shot six times, and then he's somehow able to get up and run away from it. And it's like, oh, that adds to the mystery. But in here, it's like he stomps on a person's head. It turns into jelly. Picks people up with his bare hand. I don't, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like a little bit much for me. Uh, and the fact that the post credit scene spoiler warning uh, kind of implies that he survives being incinerated again. Um, Wait, that makes post credits. That yeah. makes one of us it, that stayed for that. Uh, yeah, what? Even I didn't. And oh, look at me. Uh, it's not really a post credit scene, but uh, after the credits, you can hear his breathing underneath the mask. Man, you guys whatever. know how I feel about post-credits. I'm, I'm aware. And yeah. If you don't put it in the movie, I'm not going to watch it. I just kind of left gonna, it. It's not canon. I left it running in the background. Uh, anyway. That's... Which is it's a shame that the post-credits in Ant-Man 2 were not canon. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, why is that yeah, real? Right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I get... And then he crawls up Thanos' ass. The end. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my biggest criticism is that the movie makes him out to be just a little too powerful. Uh, my second biggest criticism is... Did you know Danny McBride wrote this? Here's some really <laughs> sure did, shitty buddy. out of place comedy. Just look, just let the little black kid riff, okay? That's fine. But th- <laughs> what was with the scene with like the two cops talking about uh, bon me sandwiches? Yeah, that scene. What the fuck is was the, the point one of that? Buddy, that you seen out. Super Bad? You want to see the worst version of it? Uh, yeah, I, I think I already did. Uh, I don't know. I just that I, I think the comedy was just out of place. A lot of other things were good. The, the way they set up the scares and stuff like that, I could tell that they put a lot of hard work and effort into it. I really liked um, uh, Laurie Strode. I, I thought that she did... Um, it was good to bring back that character. Ah, yes. The yogurt lady. That's what my <laughs> sister calls her, the Activia lady. <laughs> um, I I do love the decision that like if she didn't pursue him, he, just, he does not think about her. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about Laurie Strode. And she's been thinking about it for four decades. Yeah, that is... Do you think that's how the Mujahideen operate, too, or...? Yes. If we just left them alone, they wouldn't have, you know, helped us so much? Leave a foreign country alone. What are you fucking stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Who would do that? That's crazy. Anyway, I will say, yeah, Halloween was pretty good. It's... I don't think I liked it quite as much as uh, you did, Parker, but, uh... I mean, I didn't think you would. Low bar to clear. Well, I... (laughs) I, I don't Hurtful, know. It's, but also true. It's, it's, a, it's a very fine movie. I really wish they wouldn't make a sequel, but I think they're already planning one. So, Of course yeah. they are. Here's, here's a hot take. The number one thing that they should do right now is actually kill off Michael Myers and just make different Halloween spinoffs that are in the vein of Halloween 3. And just like, it's a different idea now. You go, you go to different places. It's a different horror movie set around Halloween. Because you could totally do that. So here's the idea. issue with that. Yeah, alright, good. If they do that, we're never going to get a recreation of the lady being boiled alive in Halloween 2, but with 2019 CGI. 
So yeah. now we're talking. Yeah. That's the one thing in Halloween 2. I'm like, this movie's not as good as I remember. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm on. sorry, what is this scene? Like <laughs> That scene is uh, real good. And so oh, yeah. That that deserves to be in a much yeah. better movie. It's Such so as Rambo 3. Watch them back to back. No, it's the same night, and yeah. it goes from this guy who just kind of walks around in the shadows to boiling this nurse alive in a hot tub. Yeah. Alright, so uh, the next one, or last one I watched, is I watched Before Sunrise. Try to make this about the Mujahideen. Anyway, Before Sunrise is by Richard Linklater. <laughs> it's got um, it's it's got uh, two young people. This has all the hallmarks of a movie I would ordinarily hate. I ended up kind of liking this. This is one of my favorite chick flicks. So, uh, it is... You're going to end up watching the other two parts of that trilogy this week. Oh, yeah. And... You should, because all three parts are incredible. Yeah. It's the reason that people respect Richard Linklater, and then you'll try to watch Boyhood and go, oh, never mind, this guy's a hack. But he also cast <laughs> Alex Jones in two of his movies. What's the deal? Wait, really? Yeah. Some, They're like cameo. Some people They're like cameos, just like, want still. the frogs to be straight again. Yeah. <laughs> it's He He also, the, before this, the only Richard Linklater movie I'd seen was School of Rock. <laughs> That's a rich. Yeah, he also. Yeah, okay. You know what his lowest hey rated guys, movie? I've seen a Richard Linklater. Movie. <laughs> he also did the remake Listen. of the Bad News Bears. <laughs> oh yikes! <laughs> Linklater is yeah. kind of incredible, but like in all of the ways you don't want somebody to be too incredible. <laughs> Let me rephrase that because that makes it sound like I'm describing Woody Allen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he makes good movies that you don't expect to be good. There we go. I went, tried to watch Before Sunrise once, but it was after a very rough breakup. Ooh, and I was like, no, oh, fuck, no, no not doing this. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. If, that, if you've gone through a, a very rough breakup, you should also watch the other two. Because they are all sorts of about that. I had to pull the emergency break like 20 minutes and it's like, oh, I'm not ready for these feelings yet. <laughs> I, I have to go to work You know, one of the things I really like about it is that the, the actors didn't necessarily improvise their dialogue, but they really helped develop a lot of it. Like, she would only respond to this if you said this. There's This is the reason that she gets off the train and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, I, I really liked it. I uh, had a really good Honestly, time my biggest revelation of 2018 in movies was that Ethan Hawke is actually a really good actor. Sure I just is. didn't yeah. know that before. To me, he was like the guy in Training Day that gets stepped all over by Denzel. Yeah, there's that. Oh, and it's like, oh, oh shit, he's incredible. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Ethan, oh, you're in for wild ride. Shit, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the only other thing I watch is I rewatch the uh, Mr. Plank reviews of the original prequel trilogy for Star Wars, which those are good to revisit every once in a while. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Is James Rolfe involved in those? Uh, there's no Mujahideen fighters in those. Alex, what did you watch? There are Gungans, though. Which is... Yeah. Misa, <laughs> <laughs> blow up your towers! <laughs> Misa, no, these are American bombs. <laughs> oh my god, we should have watched 12 Strong again. No, never again. <laughs> I say again, Chris has not seen that. But, okay. Okay, so the first movie I watched this week is a movie called Striking Distance that was alluded to a couple weeks ago. Oh my goodness. So this is a movie where 1993 Bruce Willis is a cop. He's the only good cop in the great city of Pittsburgh. Oh, good. Because everyone else is corrupt or insane. Uh-huh. He, the movie starts, 
with him ratting out his partner, who is also his cousin, for beating the shit out of a suspect. The response to this is for the cousin slash partner to jump off a bridge, and Bruce Willis somehow, in some, like, cruel twist of irony, to get demoted to being the riverboat cop that just drives <laughs> up and down the river and fishes bodies out. <laughs> he gets a new partner, played by Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, jeez. Boy, okay. <laughs> Edit point, insert the, the horse whinnying from Insane in the Membrane. The amount of times while watching this movie that I said, get that horse away from me, bro. <laughs> At least double horses. digits. <laughs> so Bruce Willis' dad, who gets killed in the first scene, is played by the dad from Frasier. <laughs> His uncle is played by known hero of this podcast, Tom Atkins. Yes. Alright, I guess I'll write that down. Yep. So much striking distance. The cops in this movie are... They fall into three categories. One, regular. Two, aggressively Irish. And three, Dennis Farina. <laughs> so what role does Mark Wahlberg play? <laughs> Which of the Somehow he's this? not in this because he was, he was too busy with the Funky Bunch. <laughs> yes. Some might say the Mujahideen of MTV. Jesus. What the? No, it's not. <laughs> Not everything is a bougie. We're certainly feeling feeling it, dude. The the whole climax of Rainbow Three has some good vibrations. Listen, this this movie for a movie about a bunch of dickhead cops in Pittsburgh. It's real, real good. <laughs> This was like the point in Bruce Willis's career where they could only cast him as an alcoholic because you couldn't believe him as anything else. Because, <laughs> come on. Look at him. <laughs> it's real powerful. I, <laughs> I'm so glad I watched this again because it's been a long time. Also, the fucking nerve of IMDb to tab this movie as a mystery. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> right off. <laughs> so then... I watched a movie that my good friend Chris assigned to me called Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, man, I forgot, I forgot uh, about that This one. is coming your no, way at is, some point, dude. Yes. This is a movie that I went in 100% blind. <gasps> let me know. I mean, let. I want to let you guys know just, like, how blind I went in. I thought, before I started watching this movie, that it was all going to be in Moonspeak. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's... Turns out... If only. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of franchise movies out there that you're very confused as to why they're part of a franchise. I have never been more perplexed by why this was called a Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> so this is, ostensibly, this is a movie about a guy that is a dead ringer from, for the dude from Sum 41. Yes. Oh my god, what? He Wandering like around. What the fuck? Getting into horrible, horribly choreographed action scenes. And then going to Darth Maul's planet. Like, several times. I need to see this movie. You desperately need to see this movie, dude. Is it episode worthy? Honestly, uh, it might be. If I don't think so. Deep, I won't. <laughs> 
Come on now, you know me. It is. It's it's a little over ninety minutes long. Perfect. All of the acting is terrible. All of the fight scenes are terrible. All the writing. You're gonna tab away from it when you watch it on your laptop, and then come back and go, "Oh, why is the planet on fire now?" (laughs) And you're like, you're you're gonna think for like ten seconds about it and go, "Actually, I don't care," and tab out again. (laughs) But you know, at the end of the day, you know, I got some really bad, really really bad choreography. I got some white dudes fighting. That's what you want. I got some uh, some punk rock illusions. And I appreciate you assigning me a movie that speaks to my culture. <laughs> so, Chris, I'm going to assign you a movie that speaks to your culture. Oh, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> now, I hope for a lot of things in life. He blows the dust off the Boston movies list. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I'm <laughs> I hope all of the listeners out there have a nice, healthy, fulfilling sexual relationship with whoever they meet in their life. But also, Chris, nope. I hope they serve beer in hell. Oh, that's fucked Does up. Does that actually... Hang on. Let me... That's meaner than anything I did all season. Jesus. Are you asking if that's a movie? Because the answer is yes. I was going to say, you're not going to make me read the book, right? Oh, of course not. Okay, here we go. It cannot be more than five pages. I know between the two of you, you have .5 literacy out of one, so... It's very brave of you to give him that. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to know how that's split. Let me... me... We all know how that's split, but... Let me read this. A guy tries to patch things up with his soon-to-be-married pal after botching things up at his bachelor party based on Tucker Max's bestseller... I hope they serve beer. Thank you. Ah, uh, yes. You. Tucker Max, known enemy Thank you. of our good friend Jason Schreier. Uh, <laughs> who is a known enemy of the Mujahideen. So. Man, okay. All right. That's, that's going to keep happening. Yeah, all right. That's our thing. <laughs> you know I had to do it to him. All right. Oh, there's Paul Wall. Very all right. The cast. So, and I, my promise, I will finish up the rest of my backlog for next week. Take I your time, I just have not... I have not set up my room in a way that I can do things while also watching a movie I have to read. Yeah, so it's, it's fine. We're getting yeah. there. So the next movie I watched is a movie that I did not know ex- I existed until a couple weeks ago. And I was so excited to finally dive into it. So I'm just going to go to IMDb real quick, and I'm going to pull up the description of this movie. And I will give you the year, and I will ask you who the star of this movie was. Okay? Okay. Ready. In the distant future... A federal marshal stationed at a remote mining colony on the Jupiter moon of Io uncovers what? a drug smuggling conspiracy and gets no help from the workers or authorities when he finds himself marked for murder. Chris and Parker, this came out in 1981. Guess the story. Oh, 1981. That changes everything. I was about to say it's Ice Cube and that was Ghost of Mars. Um, <laughs> let me see. 1981. Ghost of Jupiter. Uh, it was on Io? It was on Io. <laughs> Uh, is it male or female? Male. Okay. Um, Nineteen eighty-one. Like, it, come on. Harrison Ford. <laughs> Sean Connery. Ooh. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, what is the name of this movie? <laughs> this movie is called Outland. The bad guy is played by the grandpa, and everyone loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the best sci-fi experiences with a movie I've had in a long time. Oh, good. It opens. With some dudes on a spacewalk. One of them goes crazy 
cuts a hole in his suit, and you get an incredible head explosion inside his space suit. Oh, hell yeah. It is one of the strongest openings to, like, a, like an 80s movie of any sort I've ever seen. There are several kills out in space where someone's suit gets cut and they just blow up like a fucking balloon. Ooh. I fucking love this movie, dude. <laughs> I might watch it again this week. Like, it's the kind of movie you hear about and you go, no way that's real. You see it's real and go, huh, that's funny. There's no way it's going to live up to my expectations. And There's then no you way watch it's good it. Because someone would have told me this existed in my life. Right. And yet there it is. Hmm. Yeah. Outland is a 10 out of 10 recommendation. This movie fucking owns. I had so much fun with this. Ah, from the director of Enemies Closer and Time Cop. <laughs> <laughs> what a champion. Oh, Time Cop's a future episode. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yes. The whole catalog is it's coming soon. I don't, I'm not seeing Shazam this weekend, but I'll certainly see Time Cop. I'm going to try to see Shazam this weekend. I actually think that it sounds really good. Uh-oh. It would sound much better if it didn't say DC movies. I, 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 that's totally fair, but I've heard this is uh, the second good DC movie. The first one, of course, being Aquaman. <laughs> Refer to our episode for how much we loved it. I, I was going to say the Wonder Woman one, but don't refer to that episode. Yeah, just, you know what, take our word for yeah, it. Yeah, that's, you know, we definitely recorded about it. Uh, what's it? You can't find it anywhere? Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I got dragged in that episode, so fuck the both of you. <laughs> you were on the Wonder Woman episode? No. No. I just got made fun of. Because I wrote about it. Because I used my talents for something else. We, and you guys are like... Mm-hmm. That's a really good impression of us. I can tell you've been working on it. I think we mentioned you. It was like, yeah. we think you said Alex <laughs> wrote a really nice essay about it. <laughs> you guys should go read it at uh, terribleblog.net. Our retarded friend Alex strung words together. Yeah, I took yeah, the I time to I create a whole other Google account so I can name you Dr. Benjamin Gazi. Can you please <laughs> give me some credit? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of credit where credit is due, I watched one more movie this week. All right. It was another movie about the brave Mujahideen. Jesus. <laughs> Am I going to be able so to upload this? I went this? back, as, <laughs> as promised a couple weeks ago, I went back and revisited The Living Daylights. All right. <laughs> Guys, I have a hot take. Let's hear it. Timothy Dalton is the most attractive man that has ever played James Bond. Uh, let me Google him right now. I want to see if I can do that. Because he's, he's got a competition. He has a perfect chin and perfect eyes. And that's really all you need when you're like 6'4". <laughs> uh, what the fuck, dude? I just googled Timothy Dalton. There's no way he's the most attractive. Oh, wait, never mind. I'm looking at current Timothy yeah. Dalton. That is yeah, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't believe you think this 70-year-old is the most attractive man that's I ever played I couldn't Bond. tell. Now I, yourself, dude. Now, even then, looking at him, I still wouldn't put him as the most attractive. Pierce Brosnan is a look. Well, Timothy Dalton's teeth are all in a straight line, so there's that. He didn't have to put on a Tron suit and jump in a gyroscope. <laughs> he missed out. He has never competed with a monkey in any way. <laughs> Gorilla. And now, is that a good point or a bad point? Who's to say? So, my big revelation of the past couple of weeks is that Timothy Dalton may be a way better Bond than I ever gave him credit for. Because both of those movies fucking slap. They don't go to Afghanistan in that movie until, like, the hour 40 mark. 
And you're just like, yeah, okay, sure, we're in Afghanistan now. Whatever, it's cool. This is a lot of gallivanting around Eastern Europe, <laughs> fighting with Russians, who are all played by Americans, who are somehow way more American than the British people playing Americans. Like, but I'm there for it. Yeah. Because it really... I kind of get it now. Like, Dalton really is the bridge between Connery and Brosnan mm -hmm. in the sense that the movies are ridiculous, but they have that sort of Connery swagger to them. And now that I can just, like, process this as a thing where I just pretend Roger Moore doesn't exist as Bond, the Dalton movies are actually really good. And I'm, I'm so, so, so there for them. And I understand if you're, like, 50 years old and have gone through the entire Bond continuum in your lifetime and just sat through, like, 12 years of Roger Moore being basically a Disney character and then got Dalton movies and were like, okay, but it's not Sean Connery. I understand why you dislike that, but also you're wrong and a moron and you probably voted for Trump, so... <laughs> Would you say that Octopussy is one of the deities that the Mujahideen fighters worshipped? I don't want to put words in their mouth, but yes. <laughs> they're, they're brave enough to speak for themselves. <laughs> they have a bravery that I do not even... I can't even begin the process. I have never debated the Krasensteins on Twitter. But <laughs> oh, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got, Parker. What do you have this week? Let me start with the most gallant and brave fighters of all. The first responders? Neo Yokio Pink Christmas. Oh. Thank you! Y'all. God, yes! Uh, so first things first, fuck material goods. <laughs> it's, it's not often you see something that's made explicitly for like 12 people who will absolutely adore it and no <laughs> one else are right here it. right now yeah like no one else that i know if i was like dude watch this they would not get past 10 minutes Ooh. but let, let me put it this way i have a group text of people who do not know each other who only talk about neo yokio <laughs> <laughs> they are from all parts of the country, and their only common thread is <laughs> the one-man boy band, the Ichiban Don. <laughs> so many things I forgot from the first time watching it, like his giant mecha butler voiced by Jude Law. <laughs> when I realized that the whole one-hour special was just robot Jude Law telling Jaden Smith a Christmas story. <laughs> it's... Oh my god. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say, because what can he say besides the fact that Archangelo is the greatest character in any medium? Correct. He's the Ichiban Don, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> the one-man boy band. <laughs> it is one of the most baffling things I've ever seen. In a good way. It's, it's just, it's so crazy that this thing that I feel like exists only for me it's just out there in in the aether. Yeah, like who are these people out Netflix there that? And watch it. <laughs> who are these people that are out there that are like us that enjoy this exceptionally dumb shit? And you look at the cast like this cost money. <laughs> like this cost a work, lot of money. Work was yeah. put into this thing that like should be airing on Adult Swim at four a.m. on April Fool's Day. Why the fuck does this exist? Why is he claiming a giant Toblerone at baggage claim? <laughs> 
It's my new favorite Christmas movie, and I watch it every December and also every other month. <laughs> the fact that the sales clerk has, like, a significant arc in that movie, but also all of the characters only refer to him as sales clerk. <laughs> it's so good. It was fun, like, ten minutes and everyone went, wait, did he say demons? Oh, yeah, I forgot demons exist in this world, too. <laughs> I forgot they were demon hunters before they started fighting over the Bachelor board. <laughs> Neo Yokio is perfect, guys. Your fucking secret Santa ritual meeting. That, <laughs> <laughs> that the entire city is watching on TV. It's just an episode of The Weakest Link, except they give each other fucking extravagant gifts. That is... It is for a very specific group of people. But I love it with all my heart. Neo Yokio is, like, the one thing that I just wish was on one channel, just repeating forever. <laughs> kind of like when that radio station just played hot in here for four days straight. Like, I want that, but on TV. But forever. <laughs> like, it's just him telling him a little Christmas story, and then they're fighting demons. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's, it's all, like, barely over an hour, and they, it felt longer... Because there was so much going it's on. so dense for no reason. Yeah, complete total change every ten minutes. It's a lot. My gift to you was freeing you from the Christmas gift game. And your gift to me is going to be rapping at my concert on Christmas Day. <laughs> when they first meet him in that shop and then they just carol out of the building while acapelling. <laughs> so good fuck I'm gonna watch it again as soon as we're done recording <laughs> okay now before I got into my Rambo deep dive and did I ever I watched the Nicolas Cage film next oh fuck y'all <laughs> I thought I'd seen this one before I was incorrect when you the saw first knowing. Thing you see, yeah, you saw the, knowing. There's a big yes. difference, and by a big difference, I mean a, a very tiny difference. When the movie opens with Nick Cage as a Vegas magician, I'm like, oh, I've definitely not seen this movie, <laughs> but I'm clearing out the next ninety minutes immediately. <laughs> yep. Like, so I I'm looking at the cover, and it's Nick Cage's face, Julianne Moore's face. Jessica Biel's tits. I'm like, okay, so it's gonna be this kind of movie. <laughs> Jessica Biel, who exists solely to lust after this ghoulish, balding <laughs> magician, and then get kidnapped and blown up. <laughs> the fuck, the conceit of him only being able to see two minutes ahead is so goddamn arbitrary, but it's so fucking funny. It, oh, by the way. His name is Frank Cadillac. He named himself <laughs> Boy, that because it, he named it. himself after his two favorite things. Frankenstein and Cadillac. <laughs> so Nicolas Cage is a Vegas magician with telepathy named Frankenstein Cadillac. <laughs> Parker. Buddy. Oh, that's a tagline right there. <laughs> the absolute best part of the movie is like he's pretty sure the FBI is listening in. 
So he turns the TV on and turns it up loud. Yeah. But the UFC is on. So it's Nick Cage trying to explain that he can see the future while Joe Rogan is screaming in the background. (laughs) (laughs) The most incredible 30 seconds. Much like most Joe Rogan experiences in media. Yes. Nicholas Cage could convince Joe Rogan in five minutes that he can see the future. Yeah. Now, Parker. Parker, buddy. You heard earlier, I assigned a movie to Chris based on his culture. I have a movie for you based on your culture, too, and I'm so glad we got to it this way. Oh, jeez. Because it's time for you to see the Nick Cage remake of Bangkok Dangerous. (laughs) You know this has been on my list, Skip. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Alright, I'll squeeze that in after I watch Knowing, because I meant to watch both of them back. But you see, here's the thing. The last thing I said to myself on Saturday night before I went to bed was, there's no fucking way I'm watching seven hours of WrestleMania. Seven and a half hours of WrestleMania <laughs> later. <laughs> Can I just assign Chris Triple H's Mad Max entrance? Because it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. In my life. Are you suggesting that Triple H ripped off Mad Max? <laughs> no, it's purely coincidence that he had a war boy ride him out on a dude buggy with this fucking 1990s Sega CD FMV of cars racing in the background. <laughs> It's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen, and I was watching seven hours of WrestleMania. So, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this out in the aether because I, I mentioned this to Parker earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Chris, now that we know that Rob Gronkowski is going to be part of the WWE for the rest of his life, next year WrestleMania's in Tampa. We're going right. <sighs> we'll see. Holy <laughs> <laughs> Joel goes. Yeah, we're, we're bringing him there. We're going to get him lead. <laughs> Every time the women come out, he just turns his back and boos. <laughs> <laughs> You're back in the kitchen. You'd be serenaded by my clarinet music while I, while you make me a sandwich. Oh, dude, Asuka's got her between her thighs. Dude, I didn't know you were taller than me. Oh, he's levitating again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you fly over to the concession stand and get me something to eat? As you wish. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Let's talk Rambo. Let's talk yes. First Blood. Yes. So, First Blood's just going to be a movie that I watch every five years, and then every five years I go, holy shit, that's incredible. Why don't people talk about this? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. over those five years, forget how good it is, and then just live this cycle forever. There are a couple of movies in that category, yeah, and it's one of them. It's... I mean, it's... It's just a war vet beating up cops for like 90 minutes. <laughs> it's It's got a can, very, can very t- decent message, too. <laughs> can we talk for like 30 seconds about David Caruso in that movie? Because holy <laughs> shit. So young and so red. <laughs> I love him. He, oh God, he's such a piece of shit that entire movie. Buddy, I'm just putting this out there just so everyone can hear it. There's a Nick Cage movie with David Caruso called... Uh, Oh, fuck, what's it called? It's like... Oh, shit. Oh, I believe you. You're gonna gonna end up watching it. Yeah, that's... It's what, 95? Kiss of Death, that's it. There you go. Yeah. I will just write that right underneath Bangkok Dangerous here. Is Nick Cage's character's name Little Junior Brown? Whom's this to say? Oh, my God. I'm gonna have a busy week, (laughs) y'all. So... The thing that really got me about this movie was just watching it 
you know, with the context of the world today and seeing this one guy running afoul of the police and so they just say fuck it and send an attack helicopter after him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing has aged better in any movie I've seen this week than a bunch of podunk fucking fat white cops getting so upset that they got one pulled over on them. It's... It's so fucking good. Like, I, what is there to say other than the fact that it's so much better than you remember, even if you just watched it yesterday? So, I, I do have a kind of a hot take on it, and it, hopefully this doesn't seem like a backhanded compliment, but uh, I, I think a lot of people praise it for uh, a lot of the ways that it runs and everything. I'd say the best part about it is, A, it's script and screenplay, and B, it's production design, and less about the direction. I think if it, this has, like, a better director, say... At one point, they approached George Miller. Uh, maybe this is like oh even better, or Walter. That's Hill. a very different movie. I think it. That, I think it's that. a different movie, but I think it's also slightly better. Um, I just I, there's a lot that I really like about this. I think Stallone's performance is one of the best of his career. Uh, I, there's a lot that I really like about it. There's little things that kind of irk me about the way that it's sort of like uh, chopped up because they did have to edit the shit out of this. This was originally over three hours, so uh, it still. I'd love to see that cut. Oh, Stallone I... will not let you. Stallone was like, he, he originally saw the three and a half hour version and was like, oh my God, can I buy this back to prevent it from going to theaters? They said no. He's like, okay, then can you cut out almost all of my parts and leave my backstory up to everyone else to describe? Which, as you can tell, makes the movie a thousand times better. So, um... Th- Boy, that foresight, uh... That goes away as I look down this list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I'm not so good. Maybe have other people do the heavy lifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's that, but uh, anyway, I mean, the I, I really like the production design. Again, like the, all the stuff in the forest is uh, some of my favorite stuff. It's fucking gorgeous. Right? Everything in that cave. Oh yeah. Just, oh my god. Every time Troutman the- <laughs> says, "Let's remember one thing: a good supply of body bags." I just want to fucking run through a wall. I'm just so excited. <laughs> so it's Parker, so uh, based on our watching of uh, Mystery Incorporated, do you think this is Fred's favorite movie? Oh my god, there's so many traps. <laughs> Watching these podunk fucking idiots just get caught in traps. And going, oh, help! Help! So that's like, a wooden spike through his throat inc- right there, but okay. All of the people in First Blood get trapped, and then in Rambo 2, he goes to Thailand. Is, is there anything that Rambo hates more than helicopters? <laughs> Dude, that fucking helicopter fucking gets it later on. Just. I think he just starts shaking whenever he sees a hind D. It's such a satisfying <laughs> climax, too. Oh, yeah. Like, Loaf also fuck. shakes when he sees a hind D. <laughs> <laughs> so, it has this beautiful, poignant ending. Ten seconds into First Blood Part 2, Trout was like, Hey, found you. You want to go, uh, you want to do a mulligan over Vietnam, win this for the boys back home? <laughs> just want to go back in there? <laughs> like, this movie exists just to be like, Actually, guys... It took a while, but we did it. Okay, so my Good biggest job, thing about Rambo, Mission First Blood Part 2, besides the stupid fucking name, is that I can see this one sort of logically following the first movie in the sense that the tagline is really what explains it. In the first movie, he was fighting for himself. In the second movie, he was fighting for his friends. In the third movie, he fought for his country, which is really funny. Fought uh, for the brave Mujahideen. Oh, I I almost forgot. But, uh, yeah. So, here's my thing about uh, Rambo First Blood Bar 2. I didn't think there was anywhere uh, near as much action as I was kind of hoping for. Like, I got more of it in the third movie. 
three is where things really yeah like three is off like the when rails. you think of rambo Correct. you think of like the bullet strapped across his chest and everything like that you're like well you know i don't really get enough of that in uh first blood part two like i'll admit i wasn't expecting it in first blood but this has rambo in the damn title where's the fucking bullets flying it still straddles the line of trying to be a real movie, which I appreciate. <laughs> well, I I can't say that I do because I, I was kind of hoping they go full bore. Yeah, but we watched see, a different movie I never I never got the vibe that it was trying to be a real movie in First Blood Part Two. First Blood Part Two is just like to me the awkward transition between a real movie and Rambo Three, and I felt like they had Rambo Three in mind when they filmed that because they're like, oh fuck, we're just gonna turn it up. Let's get there. Uh, did you watch the... Uh, I mean, Rambo... Rambo, First Blood Part 2 is like Apocalypse Now. If the first time they get on the PT boat in the river, they see some Viet Cong on the side of the river and just somebody jumps with a machine gun and starts gunning them down. <laughs> That's the movie. Like, Well, I will just say, the year afterwards, the same director and Sly teamed up to make Cobra. So they're like, yeah, let's just lean into it. Fuck it, let's just really go for it. God, Cobra God, is a future so... episode, by the Cobra, way. Cobra, oh, yeah. sure. 100%. I have a lot to talk about about one Mr. Cobretti. <laughs> and I almost didn't have time, but your boy squeezed in Rambo 2008. <laughs> <laughs> that Yo, makes one of us. I should not like this movie. Comma. But man, is it violent. <laughs> like, on one hand... All of the violence is about a very real-world conflict that has a lot of real-world awful consequences as seen in the opening scene showing... Mujahideen fighters. Yes. Uh (laughs) Also that. Leave them out of this. They didn't do anything wrong. The the gallant people of Burma had a real (laughs) rough go of it. But that last 20 minutes where he gets on that Gatling gun, you've never seen more people literally just shot in half on screen. It is... I'll tell you what I didn't expect. When I put it on, and I'm like, all right, I got, I'm going to get ready for work soon. Let me put this on. And I see a Sylvester Stallone film. That was a real, like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? I hadn't seen this since high school. I certainly had forgotten that. Like, it's real genocide going on in this movie. Like, this is actually happening. And everyone on screen is either just shown to be a monster in, like, the 40 different examples of them murdering kids on screen. Or they're just lambs to be slaughtered by said bad people. But my god, does he murder the shit out of about seven or eight hundred people in the end of it. It's not good, oh. but man, I could watch it again, I'll be honest. So you guys know Rambo 5 is coming out this year, right? <sighs> it's so, called, isn't it called like Final Blood or something? <laughs> I've never seen the fourth one. It's probably not worth watching. It's... Uh, it might be. Fuck. It's not good, but... It's good. Oh, well, in that case... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. It's not a real movie, but... Literally, the, like, there's a ten-minute sequence of him just on the back of a, of a jeep with a turret just mowing down people. It's... You can just watch that on YouTube. You're probably good, to be honest. You just watch that end scene. You're fine. <laughs> the fact that he looks the entire movie like he just has a mouthful of bees that just keep stinging him. He looks like a monster. Oh, yeah. So are you saying the bees are the bad guy in this movie? 
Ooh. That's the first time Ooh. I've seen one of those movies in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a freak of nature. He is on more fucking HGH than any human being has ever been on. Guys, I have one last movie to talk to you about. Let's hear it. I'm very excited to talk to you about this. Oh, yes. Now, as we all know, our good friend Quentin Tarantino has a movie coming out this year. Boy, does he. And, uh, you know, there's there's some talk about, you know, it's kind of fucked up. Like, some people think it's going to be a lot more about the Charles Manson, Sharon Tate thing. It's like, isn't that kind of exploitative? Exploitative? Guys. Yeah. Exploitative. Let me yeah. tell yeah, you. It's fine. It's fine. It's for practice. Stooges here. Leave him alone. You're not gonna stop me. You will not deter me from talking about the haunting of Sharon Tate, <laughs> starring Lizzie McGuire. Like, I did not realize this was out already. So, how is this movie? You ask. Yes. You better believe it opens with a quote from Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man. It's. What if she kept having premonitions that she was going to die? No. And Charles Mason just turned into this weird shadowy Babadook figure haunting her the entire movie before she finally gets murdered? What if it's just like The Conjuring, where it's almost like a haunted house, except you know that the haunted house is going to end up being her and her friends being brutally murdered and the thing that happened for real and is awful... (laughs) What if Hillary Duff can't decide on an accent and just kind of, you know, floats a couple of them out there and sees what sticks? Oh. It is... Your favorite movie. I'm so ready. It is ungodly bad. <laughs> All of the outfits look like a fucking SNL wardrobe. Fuck yes. All of the acting is bad. Hers especially. It looks like it was, like, cut together in one day. It is... It's almost refreshing because you, d- you don't get a lot of just tasteless ass movies like this anymore. <laughs> what else? Where it ends, you're like, man, like movies don't get to me. But wait, well, what, what year did it come out? People, uh, a week ago. Oh, <laughs> this week, yeah. So we do get these. <laughs> <laughs> not as often as you used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not like in the good old days. Is what you're saying. Like so you're saying the... you're saying this is the kind of movie that Blumhouse looked at and went, no, no. Yeah, not good Even they were like, man, I, you know what? We're good. Thank you so, thanks, but no thanks. It, oh my god. Like, the funniest part is easily when they, well, actually, let me back up. So you know what's a good script? Because everyone just refers to each other by their full names the entire movie. Like the fucking Beatles scene from Walk Hard. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't wait till my husband, Roman Polanski, comes back home from shooting that movie he's doing overseas. It's, <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It's real good. But the best part. So, of course, they find a reel-to-reel player. And they have all these notes that just say Charlie on them. <laughs> Who could that be from? And they play one of Charles Manson's songs. And the tape gets all distorted and, and spooky sounding, and then it yells "Helter Skelter" in a scary voice. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I have to see this. I, there are like at least two, if not three, different nightmare sequences of her just like seeing what the murders are going to be, and then waking up screaming, which is super cool. Let's just keep reliving this actual human tragedy. It's it's so fucking bad. So. 
<laughs> you may have somehow ruined Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for me because I'm going to be like expecting the Charlie Manson Babadook to be haunting her. <laughs> well, no, knowing, I mean, knowing Quentin, it'll probably be that, except you see a lot more of his feet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating when I say there's literally a shot of just like him outside her house, like looking through the window at night. And it's just a black shadow with two eyes. Like, it might as well be Jesus. put a fucking top hat on. <laughs> it is. She has premonitions and she keeps talking to him. We're like, do you ever think, like, you're just determined to blah blah? <laughs> just constant talking about you know, just some people are just predestined to die, you know? <laughs> hey, oh, my yes. current husband, Roman Polanski, filmmaker, uh, do you ever think that I might be murdered by Charlie Manson, a psychotic cult leader? <laughs> she- in this year. What do you think, John Lennon of the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you guys want to know how the movie ends? Yes. Okay. So, she's been seeing these murders the whole movie. So, when the thing actually happens, she's like, you know what? We're going to fight back. Oh, no. So, her and her friends, all of her famous friends, fight off the attackers. And then, do they get away? Question mark. We open on a sunny day. With young Sharon Tate walking up to the house, police everywhere, bodies on the street. She lifts the the cover off the last body. It's her. She's a ghost who was looking at what a different outcome could have been, but there was nothing she could do to stop the eventuality of her own death. You guys, <laughs> that might be one of the most Fuck insulting dude. things I've ever heard. It is the fact that it exists is honestly like, I mean, it's a cheap piece of shit that looks like it's made for ten thousand dollars, but. There were still plenty of stats for someone to go like, hey, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Alright, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> it is. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> if you want to see Hillary Duff just fucking slumming it for some reason. <laughs> like, why would she... I don't understand why you take this role if you're here, because clearly the only reason she's cast is so they have literally anyone with some kind of weird name for stunt casting, but... Oh, man, it's... Her big, stupid, fake, pregnant belly. That whole fucking... <laughs> so it's it's a $2 million budget and $1 million was casting her. Got it. Yeah, it's... I respect that. I'd take a million to make that movie. <laughs> oh, in a heartbeat. Because no one's ever going to fucking see it. Like, oh, yeah. Except people like me who learn that it exists and it becomes their life's goal to fucking watch it. Oh, yeah. So like, I, 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 I thought this it, wasn't coming out for two weeks. Because when I looked at the, the schedule of movie releases when I'm going to be in Canada in two weeks, I saw that was the weekend it opened. So, <laughs> If you can see this in the theater, don't. <laughs> this isn't in theaters. I'm sorry, what was that? I couldn't hear you. I guess I'm just going to see it in the theater. <laughs> if only he'd listen. open with an, an Edgar Allan Poe quote. Have her in some black and white fake interview talking about, you know, just destiny and all that and then 72 hours prior oh, no <laughs> it's incredible i'm so ready i'm I, so I, ready I knew you would be <laughs> i can't believe you saw this before me i'm so bad <laughs> are, are you really that surprised I look forward though? to my disc yeah come on that's all i have yeah fair all right y'all let's wait 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 um i oh, forgot no. one that i saw remember parker we were texting and you said what you see? He said, for some reason, Apocalypse <gasps> oh, Now, starring Sam Neill. I said, do not talk oh, to me about Sam Neill. I am not in the mood and to I discuss Sam Neill. Suffice to say that I have seen a movie with Sam Neill that I will briefly discuss on the podcast. Parker, what do you think I saw? 
I have no idea. I, I thought about going up and trying to look down the list and narrow it down, but so I wanted to be surprised. I just we're not doing this uh, with a video thing that kind of slows down the recording, but uh, Alex Parker, I guess, play along at home. Raise your hand if you know what Sam Neill's dick looks like now. Huh? That's weird. I only see my oh, own I'm hand. Jealous. Looks like I'm the only one who watched The Piano, uh, a movie about. A, <laughs> is it a piano with a cock? Uh, no, the movie is about Don't answer a, that. It's about a mute woman who... It's also got Harvey Keitel. Uh, a mute woman goes to Australia or, or New Zealand or something, and she Same communicates thing. through the piano, and at one point I see Sam Neill's dick. On that note, right. Parker... <laughs> Tune in sounds, next week. That sounds pretty good, I mean. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm going to give Parker a little assignment. This is not the one of my dad assigned. It's only 20 minutes. Maybe 30 minutes. I don't know. Something like that. No, no, no. Oh, you're watching another meme review? No, no, no. No, 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 no. This is this is the nicest one I've ever assigned. This is me sort of like betting on myself here. I'm going to assign you the first episode of a TV show, and I think you're going to like it so much you're going to watch the rest of it. I'm going to assign you the first episode of Stan Against Evil. Oh, I've heard that's good, actually. Yeah, I actually, my dad and I really like it, so... Uh, I've been meaning to watch it, but it's like, well, I haven't even finished Ash vs. Evil Dead, so I should probably watch that before I watch I, the thing that looks like it's a ripoff of it. Oh, it's... It's like a rip-off, but I mean, it's, I'm sure it's, it's actually not. it's actually a lot funnier than Ash vs. Evil Dead, in my opinion. John C. McGinley is fucking hilarious in it, so... As soon as I finish watching Avatar, I'll watch There we show. go. It's just the one episode for you. And uh, my dad wants you to watch My Dinner with Andre. My dad says it's the worst what movie the? he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> my Dinner sorry? with Andre, starring Bernie. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to spend uh, hours to... What was it an hour and a half? It's like an hour and a half. Uh, I'm going to assign you my dinner with Andre just so you can get my reaction. I'm going to record it and send it to my dad. <laughs> so, okay, I'll pay attention to it. I'll keep that in mind. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to have your dad's attention. Dad, why do we have burgers on a Wednesday? That's finger night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dad won't buy me the hottest games because my grades are bad. At some point, you're going to stop your foot and say, this movie's Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> Oh my! Okay. Bernie called me a bone doctor when I got home today because my math grades were a C plus. Don't Boucha Dean fighters have bone doctors? Let's find out and talk about finally <laughs> Rambo three. Uh, All right, that's it, folks. See you next week. So I don't know if you guys are aware, but uh, Sylvester Stallone's a Republican. <laughs> really. <laughs> You know, I've got about twelve hours of cinema that would agree with you. <laughs> All right, guys, secret. what's the solution here? Uh, is it pe- no? You just go in there, guns blazing, and you instill some fucking democracy. So uh, I, I think the first thing I, I uh, noticed when I watched this movie is um, to get the introduction. It's like, oh, where, where's Rambo? We're looking for Rambo. We came here to see Sylvester Stallone. Give me Rambo. God damn it, my dick can't get hard unless I see Rambo. And then he does this heroic turn to the camera and with his hair whipping around. And I was laughing hysterically. It is the most 1960s ass like opening credits thing I've yes, ever seen. Yeah, it's. I love it so much. <laughs> it's, oh, it's it's kind of beautiful. Like he's gonna he's gonna smile and bob his head up and down like fun. <laughs> okay, whatever. The man will put his name underneath him. He smiles and winks at the camera. It's like, let's go stick fighting. And and John Rambo as Rambo. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's got this fucking absurd body. Like, I I don't understand how you get a body like that. It's it's just so crazy to see that body on the same like torso as someone who has the hair from a guy in Queen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's fair. I I think there's a lot of hypertension. Like, I think maybe he like dehydrated himself before doing this. But then again, he's like the sweatiest person in the movie. So, ah, uh, yes, it's me, Brian May, but with HGH. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite Queen song, Creatine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, which which of these two cartoon characters would be more into stick fighting, Abe Simpson or Arnold's grandpa? <laughs> Only one of their heads looks like a penis. So, well, I haven't seen a doctor recently, but mine's kind of looking like Abe Simpson's. Anyway, <laughs> must be nice. To be able to see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, how powerful is your microscope, dude? <laughs> uh, I just try not to touch it. I'm on the I'm on the Joel workout here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> stick fighting looks like perhaps the least interesting of all of the martial arts. Uh, do you think it's like there's like a 21 foot roll for the stick weapons? soldiers <laughs> twenty one. Yeah. So he's too close. We can't shoot him. So we're just hanging out. Then. <laughs> riding in on horseback. We're just hanging out. I like how the whole thing was filmed in Parker's backyard. He's trying not to acknowledge it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm you know how hard it was to keep my six dogs out of the scene? <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Computer, enhance, enhance. And one of those windows. Mighty book, 21 rules for life. <laughs> you, en- you enhance in the background one of the windows. 21 the simple rules for dating my teenage gunman. You can see Parker entering cheat codes to see uh, Charlie's <laughs> Angels, the video game. <laughs> Yo, put in the one where I can see the titties in the closing screen. Oh man, is this the one with Tom Green? Fuck yeah. So <laughs> You said Parker's cheat codes, not your own. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. right. There Don't. we go. Yeah, my bad. Fucking cross brands like that. So uh he fights in the stick fighting thing, the people see him and then he somehow gets away, only for them to find him again. Thank you for wasting my time. He's building a monastery with these monks. Now it may be a monastery, but I kind of like to think that he's just building his own home. And he's going to live in that monastery. It's kind of like the opening for Unforgiven. Oh, wait, that's mostly for Alex. Parker, it's like the beginning of Jurassic <laughs> World 2, where Chris Bratt's building his own home. <laughs> oh, I see. That's uncalled for. That's quite hurtful. <laughs> I mean, Have you seen Unforgiven? Sylvester Stallone and Rambo 3 is essentially a trained raptor, if we're being honest with each other. <laughs> it just takes one man to come in with a clicker and just point at brown people. He just fucking goes Do you think that... Ah, uh, yes! Kirkwood Smith role in this movie. Do you think that little kid is a clone? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man, do you think the incel raptor would have helped out the Mujahideen? Yes! Absolutely. I think they would have had the to take it The Incel Raptor stands for justice. <laughs> he would appreciate their gallant ways. <laughs> and also murdering Soviets. So, uh, Alex, I'll give you uh, this kindness. Describe for me the plot of Rambo 3. <laughs> oh, buddy! <laughs> you want me to do the whole thing or just the beginning? Whatever you feel comfortable with. Alright, so when we last left our friend John Rambo... He won the Vietnam War for everybody. <laughs> he sure this did. This time it counts. But now, 
his good friend, Mr. Nobody, played by Kurtwood Smith, needs him back for one last job. <laughs> Again. It's great because we've all heard this scene like a million times. I was able to space out, look at my phone, pull up Twitter. I I will be just on the record here. I fucking love the scene in every movie it's in. <laughs> just the we need you back for one last job, even when I know it's not actually one last job. I don't care. Like I, I live for this shit. I'm pretty sure this like, scene was like verbatim used in Double Team. <laughs> You're the only one who knows how he thinks. <laughs> you could have spliced in so many clips from like the fourth Fast and the Furious movie into this scene. I probably would have if I ever got paid for this. Where, where John Rambo's <laughs> like, count on. John Rambo's like, yeah, I'll go. And then it just cuts to Vin Diesel in sunglasses saying "Ride or Die," and then it cuts back to the rest of the movie, and you just like, yeah, okay, yeah. It's it's one of those scenes. It's if, stunning if, how similar this movie is to MacGruber now that I've watched oh, it. Yes. <laughs> That's maybe what they were satirizing. Uh, no, nah, I don't think oh, so. Okay, so, <laughs> so Red Foreman shows up, and oh, he tells John Rambo he has to go to Afghanistan to fight the Soviets because his good bud, the guy that made him kill thousands of other people, <laughs> is being held captive. You know who you want to save, and it's the guy that you've been Stockholm Syndrome to thinking allows you to kill other human beings. Yeah, yeah. That's my first issue with this movie. Like, in the first five minutes, Troutman comes up, he's like, hey, I'm going to Afghanistan. The fact that Rambo doesn't just rip his fucking throat out right there, yeah. sight unseen. Hey, John is... Like, he should be murdered. Correct. That man is a monster. Not only is he a monster, but he is a monster that never takes any participating role in any of the killing. That's right. Which, you know, that's fine. Not everybody has to be a bloodthirsty murderer of Afghani tribesmen. Some people just want to make other people do it. I turned you into this godless killing machine that can't function in the world. So you going with me, or...? I mean, if you think about it, Andrew Jackson technically never killed any Indians with his bare hands, so... Uh, you know, it happens. So, <laughs> he gets into Afghanistan for reasons. It's kind of unclear why he's able to just walk up to these Afghani nationals who are outside of their war-torn, hell-ridden country, and they're just like, ah, yes, we take you back home now. But it happens. <laughs> it's a movie. Whatever. He gets there. Some dudes ride in on horseback, and they're like, hey, come play soccer with us. And then a Soviet helicopter just murders them all. Now, we know how John Rambo feels about helicopters. Correct. <laughs> Not a fan. It's actually unreal that it's like this like pseudo-heartwarming scene where he's just like, it's like, oh, this, we just want this white guy to play our weird horse soccer with us. Everything's cool. Everyone's having fun. And then the Soviets come and murder them. It's the scene from, like, every movie where a teacher goes to the inner city and they all, like, learn how to get along, except they're playing soccer on horseback and then get murdered by an Apache. How do I reach these Wushadin? This is Bambi's mom getting hit with 20 Gatling guns at the same time. I don't know how else to describe it. Like... Using the nuclear option on that stupid fucking deer. It's so funny, because, like, before this, he gets there, and he's like, I gotta rescue my commander. And they're like, that would risk too many lives, we can't do that. And then they all get murdered, and the six dudes that are left, including a kid for some reason, are like, yes, we will help you. 
<laughs> that, that kid just will not leave him alone. That kid is like the human form of syphilis. We, we know how much you like children, and especially child actors. You're very much the Woody Allen of this podcast. Tell me more about this kid. Oh my god. That is you know the most hurtful I'll thing anyone's ever said to me. Bird. That's fine. <laughs> you can have that one. I love the dinosaur movie. That's me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. They're back. <laughs> Roll back the clock to the dawn of time. <laughs> Found our ending song. So, if anyone has anything to add from what is ostensibly the first act of this movie, please do it now because I'm going to move forward. Okay, I well, I can't tell if it's a. Okay, actually, I will say this. Uh, I like the scene where he describes the blue light. What does it do? It turns blue. I, 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 some of the humor in this movie actually kind of works, and that's one of them. I th- there's a line there. I don't remember what he says, but at some point, he's like. All right, what do we do? Well, surrounding them isn't an option. <laughs> There's a lot of Arnold movie humor in this. And I think it's I a little bit better than Arnold humor. I, th- I think it's a little bit more clever than that in a, in a couple places. But uh, it's also extremely cheesy in a lot of other places. Oh, it's super, super, um, super cheesy. Uh, cheesy is one way to describe it. Like, like the ending, which uh, we'll, we'll get to it eventually. But it, like the, the, the oh, way that he talks to the kid is like, no. I have to go. It's like that's that's so dumb, but cheesy is one way to describe it. But my planet needs me. Yeah, and then he does a kickflip. Yeah, but but like the <laughs> over twenty twenty when he has a wound and he cauterizes it, uh, the way that he does it by pouring fucking gunpowder in it and lighting it on fire. Yeah, that's that's, I, that's I a say that's cheesy. That is its own sort of. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at, but I've never seen that in a movie before. <laughs> just the fact that he's like trying to sneak into this army base to rescue his friend and the dumbass kid gives him away like i think one of my favorite parts about him sneaking in there is first of all the only thing i can think of is Mel Gear solid this is a sneaking mission so they probably took a lot of influence from this movie and then he starts front sketching on the tank <laughs> i will say about this movie just in general there's never been a movie I've seen in my life that I wanted to play more as a video game, oh, yeah. and yet somehow it doesn't exist. Because holy shit, <laughs> this is every kind of part of this movie it. I would love to play on my TV. Especially right the scene now. in the cave, right, where he's just yes. I would say he's mowing them down, but he's bowing them down. Snip, yeah. snap. And he's just like <laughs> pop, He's just popping out of like different holes and shit. Yeah, you know they have their like. It's it's kind of Far Cry Three. It's. It's clear he's learned the lessons of First Blood Part 2 yeah. with, you know, the, the secret tunnels. He's like, ah, oh, yes, I've seen this before. I know what this is. He's learned the lesson of trust everywhere. the government. Yeah. Yeah. God, this movie's so good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it takes its time getting going, but once it gets going. Yeah, I, I think it's, oh, Parker yeah. and I kind of talked about it. I guess maybe it's like the middle hour where it kind of slows down a bit and it's the least interesting part of it. Whole lot of... Uh, nameless Russians. Like, there's a big bad. Oh, wait, yeah. I for a thousand dollars, I couldn't tell you the bad guy's name. In this oh movie. no, see, and I watched. Same, it. That's the thing yeah, is, I texted you guys like, I need this Russian guy's mustache. I was talking about his mustache. I was not talking about the mustache. That I'm pretty sure Alex was talking about <laughs> the whitest guy in the world. <laughs> I think like, he was yeah. Kurt Woods. That guy is like the come most on. Arkansas ass dude and he's playing one of the senior Russian commanders yeah. and it's like come on yeah. like all I know is you got Red Foreman and like just teasing you for like maybe five minutes total 
and every one of these villains is forgettable. Just come on. Yeah. Just switch it up and have them put on a funny accent. Dumb. Better movie. Uh, yes. Sorry, I had to talk about that guy's monster. No, you're good. It's the whitest person. You are. If you if you would like to take over the uh, the play by play on these action scenes, well, I have to admit, I can tell you're feeling. uh, If we're talking about action scenes, I I really like the whole using a bow and arrow to blow up a helicopter. This it's thing real quality. fucking hates helicopters. Reaction now. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing in this this sequence that's really quality to me is the fact that they're trying to torture this guy with a flamethrower. <laughs> oh my god. That dude's laugh. No one has ever been happier on screen than that guy. I don't know. <laughs> what about Jean-Claude Van Damme at the end of... Uh, what was the one the other Alex made us watch? That laugh was really good. I don't remember. It was Jean-Claude Van Damme laugh. <laughs> well, she'll listen one don't of these days it. and she'll agree. There's... Those. Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, when's she gonna be on again? Uh, well, yeah. well, you know. <laughs> yeah, when's she coming back? I don't know. She'll have to be under heavy surveillance if she's utilizing a mic. Anyway, I'm sure she'd love to talk about women's roles. So in the last I'm Jedi. pretty sure there's a couple of times where. Uh, <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs> pretty sure there's a couple of times he attaches a grenade to a bow and arrow. And he, oh, that's a, by the way, that's a news thing. I don't know if you heard, but the, the director, I don't know who the director is for the next uh, Star Wars movie. It's probably not important. But apparently, he might be uh, retconning some parts of the Last Jedi. Sorry, Parker. Wow, crazy! I can't believe that happened. Yeah, I don't. Care. They, they might it's not, fucked uh, up when your favorite movie gets ruined, huh, Parker? Um, it's, it's a shame that they're not going to talk about the casino planet. Maybe they're going to retcon Laura Dern's death so you can see her again. Oh, that'd be I know so you're so such a big fan. Hell yeah, bitch. <laughs> Fucking step on me. Kick me into overdrive, you purple-haired goddess. <laughs> Force me to go to the polls against my will. Yes. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, uh, let me stage a mutiny while you spit all over me. <laughs> fucking shove me in the trash compactor. Give me my twelve fifty minimum wage, bitch. Yes. Her final words were, "I ain't no ways tired." <laughs> anyway, that's a uh, Star sorry. Wars. Sorry, I'm on the holodeck just uh, carrying this hot sauce in my purse. This thing I do I like spicy. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, I I will say one of my favorite action scenes in this, the one that made me laugh really really hard, is he's getting bear hugged by this big Russian fella. And, oh my god. Uh, so yes. this scene yes. like, oh wow. Yes. This scene is really, really hot. I mean, intense. And uh, he's, you know, <laughs> sweating all over the disguise, and their lips are so close together. You can just see the muscles and everything like that. Big, anyway, he's like, belly oh, how do I face? get my like, finger oh, yeah, in like, here? She's trying to get his finger really, really close in there, and then he pulls a pin out of the grenade, which somehow is able to free him from the grasp of this guy. It doesn't make any sense to me. That guy <laughs> somehow jumps back, falls down a hole, hangs himself, and then gets blown up by the grenade. <laughs> it's such an elaborate kill. And the other thing is... For someone who does not have a name. <laughs> that explosion it's... is like a million grenades. <laughs> <laughs> it's so satisfying. It's one of the most every part, every part of the cave sequence is just—it's literally like the entire Russian army trying to play whack-a-mole, where there's one mole, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm over here with my bow. Eight of you are dead. Oh, fuck! He went that way. Let's go chase him." Oh, I, now I am over here. Like, it's, it's the whole scene. It's incredible. At one point, the Smetsnaz are literally using themselves as human shields. <laughs> uh, I, I think one of my other things is uh, he does actually use the blue light twice. At one point, he uses it to, I don't know, just to kind of like light up the way you're like, oh, he did use it. Then he uses it to light up one of the arrows. Not so he could see his prey, but so he, we could see his face. <laughs> <laughs> 
to get me one of those blue light things. I wonder if one of the army surplus stores will have one. I'm going to tell them, oh, yeah, you know, we didn't actually win Afghanistan, but now maybe I could go back and settle the score. <laughs> That's the Old best John part of the conceit of this movie. This movie's about the fucking Afghans beating the Russians in Afghanistan. It's like, it's a movie about a war that we already won. <laughs> There are so many speeches about Trump. Like, you don't understand. These Afghanis would rather die than be enslaved by foreigners. You don't understand, oh, Spider-Man. I was in Nam with this chimney. <laughs> <laughs> Our band doesn't need a new lead singer, though. <laughs> How fresh are his rhymes? One, two, three times four to the six. Chosen for your fix off this Limp Biscuit mix. <laughs> oh, speaking of, uh, Alex, did you hear the ending song on the latest podcast? Boy, did I. Yeah, yeah, Parker's request. Oh my god, that that actually reminds me of a story I meant to tell earlier. Oh boy. You guys want to hear about how I almost got fired this week? Oh, what did you do? (laughs) So you guys know, I work the graveyard shift at work. Yeah, yeah. So I deal with a lot of just drunk, belligerent assholes who want to fight about everything. Mm -hmm. So these two dudes are getting into it. They're coming close to blows. And what do I hear come over the fucking PA? The opening notes of Someday by Nickelback. <laughs> and I burst out laughing. <laughs> because all I can think is these dudes looking at each other, locking hands and going, let's ride. And then riding off into the sunset. You know, I, I really so can't think of that song without hearing Parker bellowing the lyrics. <laughs> both of these dudes fucking turn to me and go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you laughing at us? I'm just like, no, it's the song, guys, I swear. <laughs> I'm somehow still employed. It's fine. Moving on. Uh, well. Someday, somehow. <laughs> it sounds like Lemmy singing uh, Symphony for the Devil. Or Sympathy for the Devil. <laughs> Which uh, it will be the ending theme because Josh and I thought about that song and we couldn't stop just, you know, growling at it at a trivia. Rambo 3 looks like it should have willed Nickelback into existence. Uh, I've got a piece of trivia for you about Rambo 3 from uh, the IMDb page. They say that a hero (laughs) can save us. According to director Peter McDonald in the DVD commentary, at the time this movie was being filmed, the Russians were, in fact, invading Afghanistan, just as depicted in the movie. Okay, so you had like a reason for that. Correct. However, about four weeks prior to the movie's premiere, the Russians withdrew from Afghanistan and were no longer at war with that country. You felt that this turn of events had hurt the movie's box office returns because the idea of the Russians being the primary villains in the movie was no longer really believable. At the same time, though, though, McDonald was somewhat glad of the idea that the events of this movie may have helped to contribute to uh, Russia's withdrawal from Afghanistan. He thinks the Russians were scared of Sylvester Stallone coming at them with Stinger missiles and a bow and arrow. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that, actually. I mean... I'm not going to fuck around with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why take the chance? <laughs> I mean, would you, like, what What have the Russians ever accomplished? Meddling in an election? Like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> 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 That's actually what the Mueller report is. It's just <laughs> discussions about Sylvester Stallone tying a bandana on his head and taking a bow in her direction. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> They're hiding the P tape somewhere a bow and arrow with stinger missiles on it can't reach. Oh wow, I just I just looked this up. It was noted by the Guinness Book of World Records as to being the most violent film. It was noted with two hundred twenty one acts of violence and over one hundred eight deaths. Body count Correct. is actually uh one hundred sixty two. 
So. Nice. One for every baseball game in a season. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? That's the only association I have with that number. I don't know. Can we talk about Rambo murdering people again? Yes. Because I think we're roughly at the point where he escapes with Troutman and flies a helicopter away before immediately crashing it almost into that small boy. Yeah. <laughs> he saw a helicopter and was like, I let's made an inside job and takes that helicopter to hell with him. <laughs> John Rambo fucking hates helicopters. <laughs> almost as much as he loves the brave and gallant Mujahideen soldiers. Yo, let's not forget about the brave and gallant brave uh, Mujahideen soldiers who are also gallant. Did the Mujahideen know that was an American pilot? <laughs> the horses sure did. <laughs> Appreciate it. Don't fuck with the horses, bro. <laughs> I mean, you look at him, how could you know what Mujahideen's thinking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was very interesting. How you they think got you're all... bad people? No, Mujahideen are bad people. <laughs> They got all those mujahideen to deliver the lines by putting peanut butter in their cups. <laughs> all I can think about is the Eric Berry horse thing, and now I'm thinking about that frisky digger thing. Shit, like these to, Russians are going to turn you into glue. I'd like to like to have a thought balloon over that guy's head. It's like, what kind of thoughts is he thinking? Is he thinking like like horse thoughts or like mujahideen thoughts? You know? Ah, uh, oh, yes, shit. John it's Rambo, John... or as I know him, Napoleon the Pig. <laughs> It's John Rambo, the Mujahideen hating dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, if there's any Mujahideen listening right now, we respect you for your sacrifice. I respect your gallantry. All 19 of you. What? That's our entire listener base. It's us, three people in Discord, and just a bunch of Mujahideen. <laughs> if if that's the case, can you guys hook us up with the uh, with the Dubai Garfield restaurant? Uh, stay strong. You guys are gonna love Neo Yokio. <laughs> I'm really happy that you're gonna listen to that again, and you're gonna immediately get that joke. <laughs> Reason. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm dying. <laughs> so, what happens next in the movie? <laughs> Can we get to the climactic oh. helicopter attack? Yes, I think we're there. A thing that I watched no less than seven times. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Maybe the best action scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying that like with any hyperbole or exaggeration. Just the way it's cut together. Holy shit, is dude. perfection. I think one of my favorite things about it is the lead up to it. It's just those two guys against you know the entire Russian Spetsnaz here, and uh, <laughs> it just him saying, oh, "What should we do?" Well, I obviously can't outnumber the only other two people. He says. Fuck it. And I'm just like, he's going to die. There's no way. Rambo 4 is imaginary. And then who comes in to help him? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I forgot. (laughs) I'll give you the honors, dude. 
Parker. No, no, no. This movie is your baby. By all means. Ladies first. No. no. I can't take this away from you. <laughs> I honestly can't. Because I watch all of these in like a three day span. And they've all been Oh, it's the horses like... come in. The, whole, the horses oh! come in. How could I forget? <laughs> all 12 strong. Come from down yonder. Come up oh shit! There's a bunch of fucking guys on horses with sabers. Let's turn the helicopter away from the guy with all of the missiles and just murder all of them. I forgot. This is the one where the horses just show up and they're like, ah, we've got him. And then he gets in a fucking tank. <laughs> Like, there's a tank to be taken, but it takes eight people on horseback for him to be like, hey, we can win this war. <laughs> and then get the fucking tank. The, the, the fucking climax where the helicopter pilot is like, no, nah, dude, we're gonna ram this tank. He is driving <laughs> so low to the ground. Like, they could, they could reach him from horseback. Yeah. He's just, just barely hovering over the ground. And then... The collision. <laughs> it is unbelievable. If I didn't see it for myself and someone this, played it for me, I would assume that someone like edited it together. This scene cannot be described. Like, it's I, just a series of loud noises. I can look it up on Wikipedia if you want. I can just <laughs> oh, please do. No, I'm not gonna do that. Come on. <laughs> and then Sylvester Stallone goes into his mind and he goes, "Giant lawnmower for a mouth." <laughs> Oh, fuck, you've crashed into me. We're done for now. <laughs> oh, more man, losing your heart. <laughs> and then the fucking ending of this movie, where the Mujahideen are like, John Rambo, please stay with us. And he goes, no, nah, I gotta go home. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> oh, you know what the original oh, ending thank was? thank you so much. Can you stay with us? Nah. And then the fucking <laughs> Breakfast Club music plays. And so <laughs> the original ending is that he decides, after he, he goes home with, like, Trapman, right? He's like, he's like, no, you know, I'm a... Uh, I finally found a place for myself. And he decides he'll stay with a freedom fighter, so that whole scene was just basically pointless, and he decides to stay with a little kid and becomes one of the honorary Bujadin. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the sick. I want Rambo 3.5 more than I want him the fucking The idea three. of fucking John Rambo crashing a plane into the tower is <laughs> so good. I love who I am, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, say so we're gonna learn how to land these. That won't be necessary. <laughs> He's I'm trying desperately to say Allahu Akbar, but no one's yeah. <laughs> like understanding him. Movies are so cool. So, what have we learned from Rambo 3? Well, I learned that the Mujahideen did nothing wrong. <laughs> Sometimes we all make oopsies, but this isn't one of those movies. I learned that the Afghanis would rather die than be subjugated by some foreign power coming in. Well, <laughs> that's what Troutman told me. Uh, Troutman, who should be executed a thousand times by the Hague, by the way, Hague's a yeah. joke. <laughs> has like a million and dead he, bodies. And even under he, his even name. he's like, yo, maybe we shouldn't fuck with Afghanistan. So my final thoughts on Afghanistan here, and I'd like to quote Rocket Power. Well, uh, I guess I learned my lesson. 
You didn't write a check, you're just kidding. Yeah, I wish those Russians had helmets then, too. <laughs> the ancient moves you do know what we're saying. <laughs> and hold my penis. <laughs> oh, and Troutman? Womp! <laughs> And the Russians came and they <laughs> raped and killed them and they ate all their ribbon candy. His ribbon candy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I go fuck yourself, Russians. With pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo. <laughs> when Stallone gets in that tank and Super Mexico 9000's the helicopter. <laughs> I can't believe that fat Russian beef didn't explode like that. It's just like the ancient Hawaiians always say, stop going into other countries and invading them in China. <laughs> hey, no, Troutman, wait up. You know that feeling you get when you're climbing up the rope out of the caves and you get a boner? <laughs> just as with Troutman and Ryan both sucking each other's dicks. <laughs> So our next week's episode is... <laughs> no, more Rocket Power. <laughs> Mujahideen think fingers are food. <laughs> this soccer game sticks on ice. <laughs> this sucks Tito balls. Imagine Squid just getting fucking destroyed by an Apache helicopter. Angle of deflection? <laughs> what is wrong with our brain? For eight people. And only three of them listen to this podcast, and two of them are on it. <laughs> Who's more evil, Troutman or Eddie, Prince of the Netherworld? <laughs> trying to remember that name. God damn it. <laughs> they go back home. <laughs> Rambo drains Troutman's pool to do flips in. <laughs> oh, I like how I, I like the part where we went to the cave and started shooting all those shoobies. <laughs> <laughs> The final line of the movie, they cut it out, but it was like, oh, microwave gas station bean burritos just doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> it's a very specific pool. <laughs> I think I'll ever forget that. Can you imagine, like, cutting class to go to the pier, but ending up missing, like, execute the Russians day? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they tried to torture Squid with a fucking flamethrower <laughs> John Rambo couldn't pilot the regular sized helicopter but when he got on the longboard with the guidance of Tito oh look it's shithead Stallone <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen if you have no idea what we're talking about please watch the lost episode of Rocket Power on YouTube do not do this at work <laughs> I'm going to play my favorite video game, Help the Mujahideen 64. <laughs> uh, I need to do... Uh, defeat the Russians. Uh, my dad's gay. 
What's been working the shore shack? <laughs> what are we gonna do, Troutman Man? <laughs> hey, Dad, can we have ten arrows and a stinger missile for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the Asian Hawaiians always say, stop oh, right. flying fucking helicopters in front of John Rambo. Oh, right. I forgot that we could fly. <laughs> Pretty sure Joel says it every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I think we're pretty much spent on rocket power. <gasps> All right. What are we doing next week? <laughs> Alright, so uh, next week's episode we have <laughs> Other than playing my favorite video game Rocket Power 64 <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait, one more uh, So the scene where they're in the cave And all the lights are off Would you call that the blind blitz? <laughs> Help John Rambo find his balls I found my balls I found my balls so next week's episode <laughs> um parker do you want to do in the mouth of madness or the dragon ball z movie oh my goodness uh we can put off the dragon ball z one so you guys don't have to turn around and watch it again immediately oh it's a powerful one okay yeah let's let's go ahead and watch in the mouth of madness Wookie, 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 wookie.